The year is 1997, a time of turmoil for Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation. Once the undisputed industry leader, the WWF is now losing a ratings war to Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling. In response to both WCW's success and the evolution, or perhaps degeneration, of the pro wrestling audience, the WWF is producing edgier content than ever before. At the forefront of this change is Stone Cold Steve Austin, a foul-mouthed, beer-swilling Texan whose disregard for the establishment has captivated fans and catapulted him towards superstardom. Meanwhile, established stars like Bret the Hitman Hart must either adapt to this new landscape or become obsolete. The early 1990s belonged to Hart, a no-nonsense babyface whose skill in the ring was only matched by his commitment to fairness and respect. Once universally beloved, he is now divisive, a hero abandoned by a demographic that no longer wants one. Since returning from a long hiatus in 1996, Hart has found mixed results between the ropes. Although he defeated Austin at the Survivor Series in November, the Texas Rattlesnake would exact revenge in the 1997 Royal Rumble. And in the ensuing months, Austin has become an ever-present thorn in the hitman's side, calling him out, interfering in his matches, and ultimately costing him the WWF Championship. In response, Hart snaps, accosting McMahon and the WWF in a surprising, profanity-laced tirade. The rant shocked fans. But a spiteful Austin just rolled his eyes. Where Hart saw injustice, Austin saw entitlement. And while Hart laments this new lawless landscape, Austin celebrates the opportunities it affords him. At WrestleMania 13, these two will meet in a submission match to settle their score. There are no disqualifications, no countouts, and no pinfalls. The only way to win is to force your opponent to give up. For Hart, his very legacy is on the line. With a victory, he can set the record straight and reestablish order amid the growing chaos. And for Austin, by no means a submission wrestler, making the four-time world champion scream uncle would solidify his seat at the main event table and legitimize the WWF's new Machiavellian attitude. It's a clash of styles of ideologies, and of generations, today on... Hey everyone, I'm Bo. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to Tope Suicida! That's what wrestling can be. And I'm here with my, my comedy buddy, Mike. And I'm here with my comedy buddy and probably the best friend that I have oh. that has blonde, <laughs> qualifiers. Ha- that has blonde okay. hair. Blonde and bald. And Harry Potter glasses. <laughs> Perfect. I'll accept it. And uh, you would be you you would be my uh, best friend uh, uh, that is n- relatively near my age and ha- has yeah. my same comedy interests and yeah. 
professional wrestling interests at heart. So this is the shit house. Everyone, welcome to the shit house. Oh yeah, welcome to the shit yeah, house. Yeah, we have we haven't done this with a guest yet because we keep forgetting. But this is episode two. I think in episode three, I tell Joel, "Welcome to the shit house." Like way far down the line yeah. of the recording, but it's staying in the. I show. mean, we'll get it eventually. Eventually, uh, this episode we have our our buddy. Uh, Brian Ronan with us. He's in our improv group, Saboteur. And this episode, what did we watch again? We watched Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. Really cool. Which you heard more about that a second ago in the intro. But before we get to Brian, Mike and I want to, you know, talk about what we've been watching recently with wrestling. And I can start so you can have a bit of time to think about it. Um, But what have I been watching? I'm almost caught up with NXT. I need to watch last week's before this week's airs. Um, I like the heel turn of Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I really like how they... Did you watch NXT last week? Yeah. Or two weeks ago? Yeah. I like how they set it up where you had the whole Undisputed Era out there with all their... I love that they all have belts, all have gold. It's so great. Yep. And then slowly Champa comes out. I love him so much. He's dragging his crutch. He's dragging his crutch like I also it's a, like, it's a camo crutch. Yeah, well it matches his cool pants. I don't understand 2019, Bo. Well, it looks cool. I, I hate camo, but he looks cool. I don't get it. Anyway, he shows up and then Gargano's music hits. They're not on great terms. They'll tag together once in a while these days, but they don't like each other. Him and Gargano, but they not yet. Not yet. They will. They will, they will so, after this. I haven't watched you, all of this week's NXT, but maybe well, soon. Also, I noticed something yeah. when uh, uh, I think it was right around the time of the USA premiere, maybe a little before, um, when Johnny's Titan Tron came up. God, is it even still called a fucking Titan Tron? What is it called? Entrance ramp music. I hate all uh, of it. The yeah, I, I'm gonna call his, it a his fucking Titan montage. Yeah. Titan good though. It's a good word. Titan Tron. Uh, like when his logo came up, right? He's got the the weird uh, smiley face yeah. with like a winky eye, yeah. uh, and uh, it was uh, no longer a circular face, but it was a heart. It was like kind of a kind of a splashed, kind of a painted red heart against a black background, and there was the word rebel. Right? Interesting. And so Tommaso Ciampa is the black heart, right? Yeah. And so Johnny, I don't know that they're going to do this, but yeah. I would love it if he was the rebel heart. Ooh. The rebel heart, Johnny Gargano. That would be really good. Mr. Wrestling, the rebel heart, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> <laughs> is he Mr. Wrestling? No, he's Johnny. No, Mr. He- Johnny Wrestling. Yes. Yeah. The rebel heart. <laughs> Because I was, <laughs> Mr. Wrestling was Kevin Owens when he was Kevin Steen, I think, a long time ago. I think Mr. Wrestling was no. Someone I'm before. sorry, I'm thinking. Uh, well, many years ago, it's a there moniker. was Mr. Wrestling one, Mr. Wrestling two, Steen, yeah, was Mr. Wrestling, and then I was about to say Colt Cabana was Mr. Wrestling. He wasn't. No, his he went. He had a gimmick that was called Matt Classic, which is very Colt Cabana. It's a very good name. <laughs> it's a very. I think about that name a lot. Yeah, I thought about because he's on NWA now on the on the show on oh, the Power Show, and I fuck. love him because he's 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 playing the, in his first match two weeks ago. He was still kind of goofy Colt, but in this last like a uh, little behind the table, uh, behind the table, behind the booth, whatever it's called, the standing booth. At the very beginning of episode four of Power yeah. last week, he shows up talking to James Storm, I think, but he's got serious, he's in serious Colt yeah, persona, yeah, which is yeah. cool because Colt, he's goofy most of the time, but then you look at him, 
The dude is huge. Yeah. <laughs> He's he a monster. Beat that ass. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, so, okay, so back to NXT. So yeah, then Finn comes out. So now you have Gargano and Champa staring down the Undisputed Era. Finn's music hits. Some of the best music in the game, I think. It's fun to dance to. Uh, he comes out. All in his all black, his leather coat. He's tough. He's looking sleek and he's goofy looking, but he looks cool. <laughs> and he uh, then he kind of gets a little bit in front of Champa and and Gargano so that he can. I forget what the move is called. It's a Japanese word, is it not? The well, kick he does. A bunch of, it's, it's, is it a Pele kick? They call it a Pele yeah. kick. They're calling it an overhead kick. I don't know. It's, it's for it's depending cool. on who does it. It's called something different. It's very cool. So he does that. So he, he drops back and then kicks Gargano in the f- side of the head with his foot backward. It's a, really, it's a cool move. Then I believe uh, the Undisputed Era just beats up Champa while Finn stands in the corner and just watches it happen. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. I, I love that he doesn't help. <laughs> he just watches them get their, get just destroy Champa. I love it. Because yeah. it's, it's kind of like, okay, I've done the heel turn. The audience is booing me now, but I'm not going full, full undisputed era heel i'm not gonna help them i'm curious what the motive is for finn in kicking guard because this would appear to set up cole and champa yeah and gargano and finn balor i think there will probably yeah. be some type of number one contenders match mm-hmm. uh maybe like a triple threat match between balor gargano and champa and i think Champa will probably go over, and this is just me speculating. Yeah, but he'll probably go over, and I would think um, it would be at, or maybe there'll be, maybe it'll be like a fiddle four way, like somebody else will get in there, and somebody who can afford to take a loss. War Games is happening next, is it not? Is it? Is it? Or did I, is, I may totally. Who knows? I don't know. Can I say something about War Games? Sure. And people Actually, get, people, let's move people, it. This is what I've been watching. This is all I've been watching. What have you been watching? Talk about War Games and tell me what you've been watching. Okay, what I don't. People are going to hate me for this. All two listeners are going to hate me for <laughs> saying, I don't like that there's no longer a top on the War Games cage. I love the top. Was there a top at the first NXT War Games, or did they take no, it off completely? No, 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 no. They were just like, it's going to be a big rectangular cage around two rings, but obviously we have to have no top so that people can do flips. Yeah. You know? It makes more sense with them because they're all smaller dudes yeah. to do flips, but like back in the day at WCW when you had like, what was it was the classic one where it's Hogan versus the Legion of Doom yeah, yeah. in his match, and they're all huge men that they almost touch with their heads the top of the of the cage. Like you can't really jump, you can't do you like you can't really do a leapfrog. I think Sid Vicious at one point even presses someone into the top of the cage. Yeah, the I think. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of badass because it was like even though it was limiting, it was unique. Yeah. It was uh, nothing else. No other match was like that. And it, it, like for whatever you can say, whatever you want about the structure being kind of like formulaic, or once you've seen one War Games match, you've seen them all because it's always, uh, you know, the babyface loses the coin toss, so it's two heels and a babyface. Yeah. That you know, with the the extra heel comes in, so it's two on one, mm. and then you know the babyfaces have to play catch up the whole time, right? How do you feel about the the in between the rings with the two ropes on each side of the ring. And then there's a little no man's land in between. I love things. it. Cause sting used to jump over that shit. 
Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Sting would just launch himself in, it was kind of a crossbody, kind of a shoulder tackle, kind of a headbutt. For sure. And like nail Vader, you know? Yeah. And you were like, We're going to have to watch one of these old War Games matches. Dude, I'm in. <laughs> one of them I think is a five star. Interesting. I think Meltzer rated one of them a five star. I think, I think it's got the it Road Warriors. I think it's got the Road Warriors in it. I feel like it qualifies. Then. Okay. What else have you been watching? What have I been watching? Um, not a ton because my a tree fell on my internet. Yeah. <laughs> Just right on the internet. Not any other powers. But I did get to catch up on... I haven't I haven't been able to watch last week's Dynamite. I haven't okay. been able to watch last week's NXT. Uh, but I did get to watch AEW Dark. Yeah. And I got to watch NWA Power. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed both Number, of those. Episode four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like uh, what they're setting up between Colt Cabana and James Storm. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite thing going on right now. Because that was, I don't follow NWA except for now I do. Right. Uh, that Colt had that belt before James, was it not? I think so, it Might yeah. be like a rematch kind that's of That's the scenario. story that they've set up. And I, I didn't, I haven't seen it. I don't know for sure, but yes, it, I, it would appear that James Storm beat... Uh, Colt Cabana for the National Heavyweight Championship, and now Cabana wants revenge. Um, and every oh, uh, also uh, Trevor Murdoch wrestled Josephus. Yeah, I love and Josephus. it was the most shit house looking <laughs> match I've seen in. It was like also it was like a, it was like a, a a four minute match. Yeah, there were three or four moves total. I think that were done. There were there was a baggie full of like medicated foot powder, mm-hmm. um, and it was two guys that could not look any more <laughs> like shit houses. I so the first episode of Power was my first introduction to Josephus mm-hmm. calling for James Storm. Yeah, that motherfucker looks ridiculous because he has got. A crazy shithouse body. Just the biggest gut. But then his eyes, there's something in the way he looks, his face. He's like, something's going to snap with this guy real soon. And it's going to be violent. I, I don't know Josephus. what to expect. I do, do not. I, I've never seen him wrestle. I've never I heard of him. I've never heard of him. I don't know what to expect. But you're right. I get that right. feeling too. His eyes They're are big on and the blue. Mic. There's something that's going on. He's also that guy that like looks... Uh, the guy that has the body, like Trevor Murdoch's in his 40s, probably. Yeah. Josephus, He's for dude. all I know, <laughs> is 23 years old. Yeah. You and know? He looks, he looks like, you know, when I was 10 and my dad was in his 30s. Right. So he looks like a 1980s 30-year-old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and in other words, he looks like a 52-year-old. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's what I've... Uh, How do you feel about Murdoch getting the win? I thought that was really cool because it's like... You feel like Murdoch. I don't like the term jobber, but the uh, what's the what's the uh, develop not developmental talent, but enhancement talent. Enhancement make talent. Make the other people look good. But yeah. no, he he beat Josephus, and it was unexpected, and uh, I thought really cool. Good. I hope he gets some wins. I hope that Trevor Murdoch is in the freaking title picture. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I love watching Trevor Murdoch wrestle. He's a friend of the program. It's a good name too. Trevor Murdoch. Murdoch. Number one in yep. our hearts. Yes. Oh, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention before we kind of really get into it here. Yeah. Uh, did you hear the other, the, not last week, but the week before on Dynamite, we got a mention from Tony Schiavone, a good friend of the program. 
He said that he loved. Maybe we can just let's just uh, we'll, we'll 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 play it. Let's just let let's hear the nice thing that Tony Schiavone said about us. I love a tope suicida. I do, man. Love a you too, Tony. <sighs> Tony, we love you, Tony Schiavone. Thank you. That's so nice, man. Are we gonna do this every time? <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. only when we get mentioned on a national yeah, tele, like true. you know, if we're mentioned on Raw or Dynamite you know, or I NXT. I shouldn't take it lightly, and I'm sorry for not taking that seriously. No, that was really nice of Tony. I think. By the way, Tony, very good friend of the program. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. We got to have show, him on for sure. We we're uh, love. We love Tony Schiavone. So mm-hmm. so glad that he's back. We in actually the had him uh, episode. Negative one, but we're not putting that one out. But he'll be back. That one was just for us. Yeah, us and Tony. And for Tony. <laughs> yeah. Tony wanted to do it just to have something for, uh, just to like show his friends. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, you know, I'm back at AEW. I'm doing commentary again. It's cool. But I need to record with these two idiots. Yeah. And show you. Well, he did. So he's like, I did Edge and Christian's podcast. That was okay. Yeah. But I need to, but I felt like that was more for the folks, you know, like mm-hmm. the, like people that are like, oh man, what's Tony, Sh- oh man, Tony Schiavone's back. That's great. This was really just for him. So he could like listen to it back at home yeah. while he's going to sleep. Well, that was way before AW started. So he had to get his, he had to get his vocals ready again for live commentary. And he, you know, he used us and wouldn't use us. I mean, we appreciated it. And we like yeah. We used a, we used a symbiotic kind of a, a, a warm up where we were we were warming. It's like when two great uh, basketball players like play each other in the summer. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to like stay in shape and to to kind of uh, as Mora would say, iron sharpens iron. Well, thanks Tony for coming out. Yeah. Anyway, and, uh, sorry we're rambling, but thank you Tony, friend of the program, friend of the program, one hundred percent. I almost forgot, Bo. I got a question for you. What's that? Now it's time to say who you really like. Who do you think is the neatest tights? Who would you pay to see pretend to fight? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite wrestler? Thank you for asking who my favorite wrestler is, Mike. You're welcome, Bo. Who is my favorite wrestler? I had one Tell me. on in my head, but I completely forgot it. Oh, it was just Finn. It was Finn Balor. Because I, I, uh-huh. I just loved that little turn. And it's I miss seeing him in that kind of uh, bullet club bad guy Finn Balor. Yes. Uh, it's got an edge. Yeah, he even did the whole like when uh, Gargano's laying out in front of him and he's on the ramp. He did the whole pointing his finger guns at him. Yeah, very bullet. Club, yeah, very bullet. Which club. is fucking cool. Anyway, a- so yeah, Finn. I love the I love the heel turn. I love everything about it. I hope that means less demon Finn because as much as cool as that that body paint is, it's never as cool as co- his cosplay body paint when he had free reign to come to the ring as. Uh, Venom or come to the ring as Joker or come to the ring as other comic book villains. Totally. WWE can't allow that, so he's just the demon every time, which kind of gets old. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you have a do you have a question for uh, me? Yeah, same question as the jingle before. Who's your favorite wrestler? We're not going to play it again. No. We'll just play it the one <laughs> just time. Just the one time. My favorite fucking wrestler, Bo, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this was Conviction because it's true. Dustin Rhodes. Oh yeah, the fucking natural. Natural, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, you, so Goldie, you whatever you want to call it. AEW yet from last week? The full oh, show? No, not the full show. But he was on AEW Dark. He was acting. Dustin but that's Rhodes still, was in the. Uh, it's a week prior, though. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, oh right, yeah, so yeah. You don't right, know the storyline right, right. stuff that you're. It, Right. You I've just pumped. I just started the beginning of the episode, so I saw Cody getting off the plane and Tony Schiavone like. Giving him a hug. Weird, and like, right? 
It, that, that was weird, but I also loved it. It's yeah. like I've been like I knew your dad. Like let's hang out. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. It's if you once you watch more of that segment, it's weird because they 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 cut to them in the car driving to the arena. Uh huh. Um, the audio is not great because I think it's just coming off the basic mic on the camera, and yeah. they're not mic'd up or anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of awkward, kind of quiet. I turned it up. It's just re- it's a really weird chemistry between the two in that car thing. Mm. So get ready for that. Okay. But Tony's a great guy. Came out. No, we're not going to go into Tony. He's also again. a friend of the program. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did we mention that? Anyway, so why is Dustin your favorite wrestler? Oh, because he's still doing it, man. Yeah. He's out there in his 50s and just like climbing up to the top rope and doing that beautiful uh, 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 flying cross body mm-hmm. that he does, the, the kind of the 180 cross body. Yeah, and he's so uh, tall, so it's scary. It is kind of scary, but it's also like he's just got this really. He's so smooth in the yeah. ring, and he always has been. Even when I, I remember when I was a kid, and I watched him pre uh, Goldust days as mm-hmm. the Natural in the big old in WCW. jeans and boots wrestling. Yeah, him. like on WCW Saturday Night with yellow tights and yeah. the blonde hair, and uh, I just I remember lo- he before I really really got into wrestling and like latched onto Bret Hart. When I when I just kind of like every once in a while would see something like WCW Saturday Night, I like I loved Dustin Rhodes for a minute. Like when I was a kid, he was kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. I thought that that running bulldog that he used to do was so sweet. I thought it was a sick finish. I loved it. Um, and now I, he's almost wrestling better than he ever has. You know? Yeah. Like- yeah, it's cool. He's doing this. He's, it's almost like he's doing his like uh, memoir right now. He's he's presenting uh, the different stages of his career for everyone to kind of look. Yes. I was gold dust for 15 years <laughs> for and, I, and I was Dustin Rhodes for 15 years. And like, uh, <laughs> you know, th- this, that's why I have the face paint that's split down the middle mm-hmm. and it's a little bit corny and I, I don't, I'm not like crazy about his, uh, the robe that he wears to yeah. the ring, like whatever, but also who gives a shit? Yeah, you know, again, he's 50. Let him be 50. The dude's earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, and he can still go. And his offense all makes sense. Mm -hmm. And all the little – Cody, too, man, both of those guys. Everything they do in the ring is so fucking crisp and looks so good, and they do shit for a reason – that's why Dustin Rhodes is my favorite wrestler. Cody will probably be one day, but but I got to give it to Dustin yeah. this week just because older brother. I'm an older brother, mm-hmm. um, and I really appreciate he's still out there doing his thing. That's wonderful. I also really liked from that dark match from last week. Uh, he yeah. and Sonny kiss had matching tights. S- yeah. Sort of. Sonny's red wasn't as dark as his red, but still, I qualify that as matching, and yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. Did they have a third partner? No, I think it was just too. a straight tag. That's pretty cool. I like that match a lot. Me too. That was fun. Um, so the next segment before we actually uh, say hello to Brian and welcome him to the shit house. Yeah. Is, it's, a, uh, it's a new segment. We've new never segment. done it before. It's called uh, Is This Shit House? Where Mike presents something to me, asking me if it's shit house, and I do vice versa. Um, so what's? I'll have you bring your shit house thing for me since I already know what it is. But Great. What is yeah. It? You actually showed this yeah. to me, but I was so inspired that I absolutely had to. There's a, a new shirt that AEW is selling uh, for Hangman Adam Page. Love him. Love him. And uh, this shirt is, uh, well, I want to hear how you feel about it. Uh, I'm pulling it up on my computer right now. So. Yeah, yeah, bring it up. You guys should look at it, too. 
It's a brand new shirt. I believe it's inspired by a uh, promo that he did on AEW Dynamite where he said he was going to do some cowboy shit. <laughs> it's so good. To All pack. Right. The shirt says, I'm here to do cowboy shit. Explain what the eye is. The the eye is like the bucking Bronco logo. <laughs> it's a big old horse. <laughs> shit kicking horse. And then it says Hangman Adam Page in a cool, uh, you know, early 1900s, late 1800s font. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like something see. on the front of a, like a saloon. Yeah. Like an old time saloon uh, uh, marquee. So, so, anyway, Bo. Mm-hmm. Is it shithouse? I'm here to do cowboy shit. It's a very shithouse t-shirt, I think. Fucking A. It is so shithouse that I feel like... I never wear wrestling t-shirts because most yeah. of them are tacky. Yeah. Uh, this one rules. Yeah. I don't like the horse for the eye, but it's that's the that's the gimmick, so I get it. Well, it's just so it doesn't say shit right That's on the front. true as well. I mean, it's... <laughs> also, have you noticed that they're not bleeping the word shit on Dynamite? Yeah, it's nice. It's happened twice now where yeah, somebody Jericho said shit. throws it out a lot. Yeah. yeah it's cool. <laughs> I do like it a lot. I can't wait for Adam Page to blow the fuck up because uh-huh. it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. He's got so much. He's just – what I feel he's lacking right now is that grit and that edge. For a cowboy shit guy, I feel yeah. like he's a bit too clean, if that makes any if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I hear you. And I could also see some type of kind of coordinated effort to really put over uh, the dead eye as a finisher. Yeah. Like the most devastating, like the one winged angel, right? Make yeah. it the new one winged angel where it's like you get if you get hit with the dead eye, not You're only done. are you getting pinned, but they're carrying you out. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like we got to go to the hospital because anybody that gets hit with this move uh, is needs medical attention immediately. And in fact, it's so dangerous that we might ban it. You know, how would you feel about a new special, a special, a new finisher that he has special, mm-hmm. like it's a video game called <laughs> cowboy shit where he just does something. What would be cowboy shit? Oh, I picture a huge, man. like, Power bomb, like almost Undertaker's power bomb, where he like lifts them up by the loop of their belts and then throws them down. Yeah, extra height. That's what I think the cowboy shit would be. Ooh, he hit a pop up power bomb on Sammy Guevara uh, at the beginning of Dynamite because mm-hmm. again I just saw the very beginning. Uh, that was just beautiful. That could be cowboy shit. I'll work. It could also it be like now. a headbutt. Yeah, you know what would a yeah. Now I'm picturing like a cowboy, like this this horse is not getting along with him. So he just headbutts the horse, and the horse is now his. He follows him. Like a headbutt to the sternum. Like right. Yeah. yeah it just like flattens somebody. That would be cowboy shit. You yeah. Just startled my my dog is here, everyone, and and Ingrid, okay. Ingrid was just startled by it's that okay. snap. Ingrid. Uh, okay. Well, so yes, I qualify this as okay. definitely okay. shit house. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Me too. I would. Okay. Real quick, I wouldn't wear it in a million years. <laughs> not in a million years. Not if you paid me five hundred bucks, I yeah, wouldn't wear it. I agree. But is it shit house? One hundred percent, certifiably. And I absolutely endorse that it exists. It's just it wouldn't be on my body. So Walter, you know who Walter is, right? Yeah. Oh yes. I mean, he's definitely going to be in the. Well, not to give too much away, but he he'll definitely be in the King of Shit House tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a big German fella or Austrian, Austrian. but the he speaks, Austrian anomaly. This tweet was in German. Yeah, because they speak German in Austria. Yeah. So there's no such language as Austrian. And I'm a very cultured individual. Do, do I don't your, want you. Go, go, go ahead. Bob. Um. So in German, he wrote, 
Mine hurts, Brent. Or however it's said. It's very cl- I listened to it a couple times. This is close enough. Which translates to, my heart is burning. And then he has this photo. Tell me, is this photo shithouse? Oh, my God. Explain the photo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a photo of Walter uh, in the ring holding the WWE United Kingdom Championship after uh, what looks like a successful title defense. (laughs) Whatever your gauge of success is. His 300-pound shithouse body is just, like, glistening with sweat and, like, baby oil. And uh, he's got one thumb tucked into his into his tights like he's like sort of just like adjusting his waistband i've like never a, looked like at his dad, face until now like a he's dad a- who ate too many lays <laughs> the wave the, the the wow chip wavy lays yeah. he's like these are gonna just like doing the thing with his thumb to clear out a little space around the belly button and he's got this look on his face like he just <laughs> like uh like he just bowled a, a strike at the in his local bowling league, and he's like looking at his friend that he's now beating, uh, <laughs> in for the league championship. Like, yeah, you like that? There's a lot more where that it's came like, from. It's like an exhausted laughter. Like, yeah, like, I just beat yeah. your ass. Yeah, but his chest, everyone, is mincemeat. <sighs> he has been ta- he's taken so many chops in this match, whatever this match was. Oh, that's wow. why his heart. Is on fire. Oh, okay. Because his chest is destroyed. So now I see. That's the I point thought. Of the photo. I thought that was. I thought this was just like shadow and chest no. hair. But those are welts, my dude. Oh my god! Hang on. Let me zoom in. Let me let me zoom in to Walter's chest. Uh, yeah. It lo- it looks like he uh, like someone took a branding iron. Oh, it's juicy. Like it's juicy. Chest. It's a juicy chest. <laughs> it's there uh, in so many different ways. It's juicy, man. I really hope that uh, Walter continues to really carry the torch for the modern for shit sure. house, because uh, he's a hell of a he's a hell of a torch bearer. He's a hell of a shit house. Yes. But I'll I'll uh, I'll retweet this uh, uh, tweet on our Twitter. Yeah. You guys tell us what you think uh, about whether the T-shirt, the Adam Page T-shirt, and this photo and tweet of Walter's is shit house. Um, so we're going to actually wrap this up. We've actually been talking way longer than I thought we were. Yeah. Um, and we're going to head into Brian, uh, and then the match itself. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you. Welcome to Tope Susita. But uh, tell us, you have you have no really history with wrestling, but kind of tell us any kind of wrestling history you might have. I do not like wrestling. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Um, but I do know some things about it. 
uh, vaguely aware of certain concepts and mm-hmm. people and characters and things like that. But for the most part, I don't know very much about it. Perfect. Um, I grew up in the 80s. Uh, so, you know, time of Hulk Hogan and uh, Randy Savage and those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh there was some stuff going on in the 90s with, like, was it China? China, um, yeah, the DX in China and, and, yeah, the New Age Outlaws and whatnot. Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I know about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. And those, uh, and John Cena, I think? Not quite no? yet, but soonish. Oh, like so five, six in. years but later. Y- but, yes, you're right on. He is a, a extremely big star in pro wrestling. Yeah. Okay, and uh, it was Drax from Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Is he a former wrestler too? Dave Bautista, yeah, yeah. He's, he's also in a few years. He'll show up at, from the event that we're gonna watch. Uh, also, I gotta say, uh, if it were not for wrestling, I think um, the pop stylings of tag team probably wouldn't exist. With Woomp, there it is. Oh, uh, that's so like, that's I have great. No idea what you're talking yeah, about? Where I was going? <laughs> it was a long journey. Did you like that music? That band? <laughs> no, I was okay. just joking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I think the whole idea of a tag team wouldn't exist without wrestling, right? Possibly, yeah. yeah I don't know. That might actually have originated in wrestling, that terminology. I'm not... Maybe the, Maybe there's another kind of tag team that like predates... A wrestling tag team. Where you tag in and continue fighting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not wrestling. <laughs> <They're> just no. <laughs> well, because you've got like tech and tag. But that's, that's a video. <laughs> but, but, wrestling. Right, 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 right. But that's based on the concept of tag team yeah. wrestling, right? Yeah. Character yeah. King with a I think, luchador mask on. I think it is. Yeah, I where think. you're like, okay, it's not my time to die. Let me go get my fresh friend in <laughs> to go fight you. Like yeah. Romans. That term, actually, in tag wrestling, the fresh tag is a term. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just so made that you up. You know everything about wrestling. I secretly. know all of the wrestling. <laughs> yes. Well, the match we picked for you is based off your the questionnaire we gave you. Uh, you said one sentence in one of our questions, and I think the question was, what... Uh, what do you, how do you feel about wrestling? And your first sentence was, I already respect the athleticism and the performance side of wrestling. So Mike and I, using our uh, algorithm, picked uh, the match from WrestleMania 13 of Bret the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a submission match because there's lots of athleticism and uh, whatnot on display in that match. But to get to it, uh, we'll have Mike kind of set it up. Uh, What's going on right now that leads to that match? Yeah, um, essentially, uh, you've got Bret Hart, who is or has been the ultimate good guy, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is the perfect anti-hero. Uh, Stone Cold has been gaining momentum with the fans as sort of the fandom and the business has been changing, um, and that has really begun to irritate Bret. So this match is really a conflict of like ideologies, where... Brett is defending the old guard, what he thinks pro wrestling should be, what he stands for, like his actual values, essentially, in real life. And uh, Stone Cold is essentially this um, cool kind of usurper, this badass who doesn't play by any rules, um, and people are really getting behind him, and it is driving Bret Hart crazy. So this is Brett's chance to like shut Steve Austin up and put the universe back in order. This is Brett venting frustration at being what he considered robbed. This is bullshit! Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So much goddamn injustice around here, I should be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Getting out of the ring. You don't like it, tough shit. Do you know where the 
the number one talent in professional wrestling was sitting on his way to Stanford, Connecticut today. He was sitting in seat 38C. It's right next to the airplane outhouse. Now, I'd like to say that's what made me sick, but that's not the case. It's seeing Bret Hart whining and I've never seen this promo. He gets on the WWF TV, and it makes me violently ill in my stomach. <laughs> if he ain't whining, he's quitting. If he ain't quitting, he's doing something else. It ain't nothing good, and it just makes me sick. There's so much venom in his promos. It's so good. So he's saying that Bret Hart was traveling from Connecticut by airplane and had to get a back. He was talking about himself. I see. The character now, he's just, he's, he's put out basically. He's like, why am I, I'm the best. Why am I not on my own jet? Or why am I not flying with the boss? Or why? And you're yeah. glorifying Bret Hart, who's this whiner and this complainer, and who like thinks that everybody owes him something. That's that's an interesting tactic uh, to prove that someone else is a whiner or a complainer by whining and complaining yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much again venom behind the whining. <laughs> uh, what does the three sixteen stand for? Oh, okay, Mike, you can. Explain that. King so at the, the King of the Ring that year in 96, um, Stone Cold won it. And the last match that he had was against Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts, who you may have heard of at some point. I think so. Did he always have like a boa constrictor? He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back. So Jake made a comeback in the 90s. And when he did, he was um, sort of his character was someone who was like reformed and sober because he had alcohol and drug problems. And as a part of that, he was he had found religion. And so some of his promos have contained kind of religious talk about John 316. But when Austin won the King of the Ring and he really like beat him up bad and showed like no remorse. And then the interview after he said, like, you thump your Bible, you say you're John 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And it's really it's almost that promo that that line made Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sounds exciting. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it definitely is. I also think that a, a reason why we picked this match is because I know that you have a little bit of combat sports background, as, as I do as like a fan. Sure. And you've done some jujitsu. Uh, yeah, I trained Muay Thai for about a year or yeah. so, and then I did jujitsu. I'm still a white belt in jujitsu, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. stripes or whatever, but I did I did some grappling um, off in Beaverton, sub-league, stuff like that, um, until I got hurt. Um, so I know a little bit about what it feels like to be in an arm bar or to be choked. Um, and so that's where my answer about, I do respect the athleticism. Yeah, It is hard. I mean, when you're fighting, quote-unquote, you know, however real or, or fake it may be, it's exhausting. <laughs> you know, it's exhausting to hold someone, you know, or, and then follow it up with a flip or something like that. I can't imagine doing that. Um, but also I know, you know, a little bit about UFC and that kind of stuff um, and uh, about grappling in general. So yeah. I think with that said, Bret Hart is an interesting one to watch because his, his, the way he grew up with his father, Stu in the, the dungeon, basically they have this really big uh, house in, in Canada and all the kids would wrestle down in the basement with their father because their father was a really good wrestler. And just these really, like, tough holds and whatnot. There's some videos in, uh, again, Wrestling with Shadows we've talked about before um, of just this guy coming down to, to the dungeon and Stu Hart tying him up in some kind of arm bar. And just the guy's like, oh, no, no, no. He's actually in pain because the guy questioned if it, if it actually if the wrestling moves actually hurt and whatnot. 
And uh, Stu's like, just tap, tap. He's like this old grizzled wrestler guy. It's 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 really fun, a fun watch. So when you say that his dad was good at wrestling, do you mean like classical, like sport wrestling? Like catch, or wrestling. catch wrestling, yeah. Catch wrestling, which is submission wrestling. Okay. Um, and that's really where pro wrestling comes from. Catch is and catch can. Catch, catch as catch, catch can. Yeah. Catch as catch can. Yeah. That's a fun one to say. Full term, yeah. But yeah, so the basic uh, rules of, of pro wrestling are... Um, were the sort of the rules of catch wrestling, which is you pin your opponent's shoulder to the mat, shoulders, I should say, which is still true in amateur wrestling all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Um, or in catch wrestling, you could also, sometimes there was no pinfalls, but uh, that means basically catch a hold anywhere you can. Very similar to jujitsu, submission grappling, judo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different kind of philosophy in catch wrestling, uh, much emphasizes much more the physical fitness aspect, making another person carry your weight, grind, sort of wearing them down. Um, and then when you catch, catch a hold, um, you do, do damage with it. So Stu was a badass and he could really hurt people. When he wanted to, and so there's all these horror stories. I mean, they're kind of amusing, but like of the kids, the heart kids all hearing these huge, like 250 pound guys who had come to train with Stu in the, in his basement because he trained, he, he ran a promotion and he trained wrestlers. Just these like screams of agony coming up through the vents of the house and stuff. And it was Stu put tying these guys in knots. Stu's like, you think this is fake? You think this is fake? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, he was showing them that it wasn't, it wasn't fake. It was just a matter of respecting the person that you're in there with. I was just going to say that that's uh, probably really healthy psychologically. To grow up with that. <laughs> I don't think Stu was a good man, all told. He's probably a decent father. I don't who know. Knows? No, I think he was a good dude. I just think he loved, uh, I think he loved the, like, science of submissions yeah so it's interesting when we get to brett he has said before that when he's in the ring with someone he's gonna make it look as violent as possible but he also never wants to hurt them so when we actually get to those holds the way the two wrestlers are 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 selling the hold it makes it look far more painful than it actually is but they're really just protecting each other which is what i think is one of the beautiful parts of the art form so it's like coming close and making it look realistic Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like stunt men yes yeah. where they sell the hit yeah they're yeah. just they're just speaking an entirely different language in the ring and then they tell those stories using that language which is really to me one of the most fascinating parts of wrestling it's like it's like i feel like it's in a way it's like the ultimate civilization of combat sports for me because it's two guys trying to make something look as you know painful as dangerous as possible while at the same time trying to be as safe as possible and take care of the person so sort of letting people get out their you know whatever aggressive tendencies without um actually uh injuring anyone if it all goes to you know if everything goes to plan um and that's something that bread and stone cold i've heard them say about this match was that the next day, as violent as this match looks, the next day they were like, this was one of the easiest matches I ever had on my body. For sure. Yeah, it's really funny um, when you're actually grappling, and yeah. you might know this, when you're um, trying to, say, put someone in a tri- triangle hold or, yeah. um, you know, it, it, all of jujitsu, what makes it so interesting and why it takes, you know, 12 years to get a black belt is because it's all about a matter of millimeters, right? Like something will be completely ineffective and then a millimeter to the left and suddenly the person's out, you know, 
Um, so it's it's interesting how I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons why jujitsu is so inapproachable from the general public. Like you have to have tried it. It's a very technical sport, right? Um, but it's kind of funny how like here they're they're doing all of the showiness around it and none of the actual yeah damage. Um, I did. Uh, this is kind of I guess a little embarrassing, but I did capoeira for a while, which is the that's not embarrassing martial art fight yeah, yeah thing. Um, I think capoeira is super cool. I've seen people get knocked out with capoeira kicks. Seeing the pro a pro capoeira fighter is amazing. Watch to watch. Yeah, and it's kind of the same idea where um, the better you are, the closer you'll get to actually kicking someone. You know, and you know, like show your dominance by like coming close but not hitting someone. It's kind of the whole point of the you know the the art form. Yeah. Um, so. I can respect that. That's great. Well, we're going to get into the match, uh, and we'll come back shortly after this break. And the worst WrestleMania in history, excluding at WrestleMania 9 and 11, rolls on. I want to know who's on, who's, who's the VO. Todd Pettengale. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Todd Pettengale. Currently making his way to the ring is tonight's special guest, official, known colloquially as the world's most dangerous man. Tonight he will be playing the role of the world's most jacked referee. It's Ken Shamrock. Look at Shamrock. He's fucking yeah. beefcake. Yeah. He's so big. Right? He's like, give me the tightest ref shirt you can. Yeah. The sound of breaking glass now introduces us to the meanest, baldest man in the world. As Stone Cold Steve Austin swaggers to the ring. As JR would say, a man's about to get his ass whipped. <laughs> now with all rednecks accounted for, Jesus Christ picks up his electric guitar and spurs it on like a heavenly bronco, unfurling a godly howl that signals the entrance of former WWF champion and everyone's favorite older brother, Brett the Hitman. Heart. I like his shades, right? His whole aesthetic. The wraparound kind of glaucoma shades. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, like a rabid dog. Austin throttles heart before the bell even sounds in the two roll to the outside of the ring as this clash of bronze titans spills over the guardrail and into the sea of loyal, unwashed, Home improvement devotees. What's also fun about watching 90s wrestling is that you, the audience, like you can see, like there's 90s haircuts you see. It's like, can't live outside the 90s, that haircut. Yeah, there was that, there was one guy with no shirt and a leather jacket. Like that's, that's what he, he looked in the mirror. It's a, that's what he chose. <laughs> yeah, it's a good look. After an up-close look at the action, this screaming horde of Deftones fanatics erupts in ecstasy as the hitman throws Austin back into the ring where he executes the voluptuous queen mother of all swinging neck breakers. Oh, that looks real. That looks real. Bret Hart is a man possessed. Not even a stone-cold stunner can deter him from indulging his basest desires and grabbing the world's most hideous steel chair. This is the angriest that a Canadian has ever been, and no one knows how to react 
to Bret Hart's son. But what's this? Austin now has control of the chair, and he is voracious for revenge. Yes, yes, he drives the steel into Hart's back, sending chills down the spine of even the most cynical, deprived spectators. Ow. I don't like that. I hate chair hits. Ladies and gentlemen, these men, they are double tough. They are, t oh, wait a minute now. Hang on, they're on, they're back on the outside. And now Austin sends, what a white heart reverses the Irish whip. And it's Austin who collides face first with the steel guardrail. Jesus Christ in heaven. Austin is busted open like some kind of strange, muscly pinata. Okay. Is this real? Yeah. The blood's always real. Now wearing a crimson mask and fighting to regain his equilibrium, Stone Cold digs down deep into the most shithouse recesses of his bald man's soul and brings his boot up between Hart's legs, rattling the unprotected Chicharrones of the former champion. Ooh, <laughs> That's definitely, I like how he had the rope break, but yeah. the nut shot's fine. Love it. <laughs> I apologize for my language, ladies and gentlemen, but this is just too shithouse. It's simply too shithouse to describe. Hart is now driving the steel chair into Austin's injured knee. But wait, Austin is choking Hart with a fucking camera cable on the outside. It's mayhem. It's oh good God in heaven. Hardest case gushing skulling with the timekeeper's bell. That's not even what it's for. It's just supposed to let people know when the match is beginning and ending. For cross sake, Brett, it's not meant to be used to kill another man. I think he. This, they'd actually call this in a boxing match with that much bleeding. Austin is helpless. But Hart does not give one single Canadian shit about anything now. He ties Austin up in the sharpshooter and rears back, wrenching and tearing at the knees and lower back of his opponent. Blood now geysers out from the temple of the rattlesnake. The canvas is soaked with Austin's blood. But Steve Austin doesn't give up. He said, what? He's lost a lot of blood, though. He's look at that blood. He doesn't. He doesn't quit, though. It's such a good shot. Oh. With the blood falling on his nose. This stubborn, obstinate bastard from Texas will not give up. My God, his entire body must be made out of testicles. His brain must be made out of testicles. I've never seen a man endure such. Wait a minute. Austin is unconscious. Austin is passed out from the pain. And Shamrock is now waving his muscly bicep at the poor timekeeper who has finally recovered his lost bell. The match is over. And the honor of Canada's greatest living human has finally been restored. But the sweet taste of vindication apparently pales in comparison to Calgary, Alberta's finest maple syrup because Hart is not through. Like the unscrupulous Canadian Timberwolf, Hart returns to his keel and begins picking at the last vestiges of meat from Austin's mutilated leg bones. Oh, wow. Uh -oh. Oh, this is, uh -oh. uh, 
Listen to this shit. Some villainous behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Shamrock does not like this at all, ladies and gentlemen. And so he tells Brett politely that he is acting very naughty. But Hart ignores him as though he were his mom's new boyfriend who just ordered him to turn down his white snake. Ken is now so pissed off that he is ready to fight every single wrestler in the entire world. But instead, before Brett can even tell Ken that he is not his real dad, Shamrock launches him into the air and slams him face first into the canvas. Oh, nice. Yeah, Shamrock. (laughs) Get it. I love this. I love it. After several tense moments of both oily muscle men reflecting on the nature of courage and self-respect in this volatile social landscape, Hart finally slinks from the ring and is rebuked by a chorus of views from the mob of part-time juggalos. I thought Bret Hart was supposed to be the good guy. Meanwhile, Austin regains approximately 15% of his brain function and gives poor referee Mike Kyoto a very shitty-looking stunner. But this salacious army of America Online subscribers could not care less. Austin has lost the bout, but he has won the crowd like a modern-day smooth-skulled Maximus. This stranger, this villain, has become our most cherished and beloved champion. Brian, how'd you like the match? Um, It was definitely entertaining. <laughs> okay. Uh, I found it, to be honest, a little corny. Um, okay. And I say that uh, with all appreciation for the fact that I'm wearing like a Superman T-shirt. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so there's a lot of irony there. Um, but yeah, it felt like I don't know. The match was like a little silly, and then Bret Hart threw Steve Austin into the commentators table, and then like everything turned. Uh huh. Yeah. So like once his face started bleeding. Yeah. It was like okay, it got a little more interesting. Mm. Which is weird. I don't know. That I kind of feel like a psycho right now. No, I think that's legit. What they wanted you to feel, and that they 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 did it. <laughs> Do you think that was it. part of the story beat? Like they were like, okay, you've got to like. I don't know if blood, like I know. Okay, I, so I'm gonna say I don't know if he was actually busted open or if he bladed and cut himself. That's well, how. You, that's, that's how weird because he, he was, it was. It was so long, which to me like. I don't know. It would look like a mouth almost if you hit, if it's a hit, right? Uh-huh. But it was like a slice right across, so it felt like it was fake. But I don't know what what, what was the the truth. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to tell me. No, no, no. The truth. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's not my secret to keep. <laughs> um, the story is that uh, according to uh, Brett and Steve, who did the, the Edge and Christian podcast, I listened to that. Um, they said that Stone Cold was always supposed to pass out in the sharpshooter. That that was going to be the finish. But that before the match, Brett was like, you need to be bleeding in order for this to really be right and to resonate. What do you think about that? And Steve was like, I'm, I'm okay with it. But the problem is, is that company policy at the time, several times throughout history, uh, was no blood, not allowed. 
so that they uh, Brett basically cut Steve with um, a little razor blade to get him to bleed, but he did it so well, and that guardrail hit looked so good that they just said it happened what's called a hard way, which is it just was an accident. I see. So when when did it happen? Was it right before he threw him into the... It was right after. Right after? Brett goes and grabs him off the guardrail. I see. And it's just real quick, and it's over. And then Brett opens it up a little bit. Where does he hide a razor blade in that singlet? I believe... Wristbands? uh, Some guys do it with tape on their fingers, tape on their wrists. I, I, I don't know, but I have also... I think that Steve said Brett kept the razor blade in his mouth. Yeah, they do that too. It's dangerous, weird. Okay. Um, yeah. So sometimes when when you do see like uh, some a wrestler will fall on the ground and then their head kind of will go underneath the the ring apron curtain and come out bloody. This doesn't happen anymore, but that basically there there's a razor blade there. They nick themselves, or so, I think sometimes in the past too they would nick themselves pre match and then put some kind of glue adhesive on it, mm. and then just a simple punch would open it up. Yeah. And the forehead bleeds like crazy. So wow. it's visually appealing to tell a story. It's not appealing, but to tell a story. But the blood's real, yeah. Okay. Real blood. Love it. I love I love bloody matches. Nowadays, I love them anymore because they don't happen as often. So when they do happen, it's, like, important. Like, later on in the Attitude Era, shortly after this, people bleed all the goddamn time. And it's just not as impactful. But this one in mm-hmm. particular, just such a classic shot of him like up he's pushing doing the push up screaming with the blood going down his nail his nose into his tooth it's just a really cool visual yeah yeah the camera work was pretty impressive on that i gotta say so did you think it was corny because you are familiar with submission holds uh some of that yeah like okay so there's one part in real in real calm or just even like some of the reactions they don't feel real like and, and and part of that's because I know that it's not real. Uh-huh. But, yeah. like, I'll give you the perfect example. Like, there was a moment where Bret Hart was kind of, like, on, you know, all fours. And he gets hit over the back of the head with a chair. Yeah. And his reaction was to do, like, essentially, like, a bridge onto his neck. Whereas, like, if you're on all fours and you get hit in the back of the head with a chair, you're going to fall flat to the ground. It, and was, not it like was actually to his back. To his back. But he was, like, doing what I... When I'm yeah. talking like a yeah. one of those bridge up yeah. things onto his neck. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. He was he was on all fours, he got hit and then rolled this way. Yeah, he rolled that way after getting hit like directly down. And I mean your body just how it reacts is to like go the I think the way the impact mm, or a to good, fight back. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, if you get hit like directly straight towards the ground, you're either gonna fall straight to the towards the ground or pivot up and not do some like acrobatic like spin onto your your neck you know what i mean i would i would say also with wrestling uh physics don't matter (laughs) for the cell but i i I get what you're saying in my how i interpret that is he's too tough to fall so but he still has a back pain and like a natural reaction when you get hit with the back oh god that kind of thing yeah arching it yeah Um, so i think that's why he would have flipped like like in just if you're trying to sell getting hit in the back of the head with a chair (laughs) you know it's like it doesn't take someone who's done fighting or or to have been hit in the back of the head with a chair to like know what looks real here's the thing yeah he's selling he's not he's it wasn't the back of the head no, no, it was, it, but it was between. It was right like here. between the shoulder blades. But still, still, still <laughs> sure. it was on his back. He yeah. Should, naturally, yeah, he would fall, but that's not good for the audience. 
Exactly. So that's well, why. I think, and he, does. I think he does fall. I think he gets hit with the chair. And then he flips. And then he goes and he hits the ground and rolls over in because he's in agony. Yeah. Like if somebody punch, if you're on all fours and someone like let's say I dropped a knee right up. into your spine, I would collapse directly to the ground, and you would reach for your back. No, like you you would go into. All right, fetal let's do it. Let's hit Brian. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. Here we go. No, well, I can hit you with a guitar. It's an old guitar. Um, it's not gimmick though. So okay, so what is, there's just I mean I'm you know there's certain things where like they just don't feel like instinctual reactions like they're Mm -hmm. definitely going against their instinct i mean and that's part of what's impressive about it like the dude cut himself in the face right yeah like if you tried to i mean i've never done this but if you were like okay i'm gonna take a razor blade (laughs) and cut myself in the head it's so counter to your nature right and all of this stuff like it the reactions are are so theatrical yeah that it doesn't feel like it's grounded you know, like and everything's problem. on delay too. So like, yeah. you know that re- when somebody's engaged in real grappling, real fighting, it's all 100% all the time, pretty much. Um, in wrestling, you've got uh, periods of time where guys are fatigued. Yep, they're being kind of kicked on the ground for extended periods of time, and they're just like hurting so bad that they can't fight back and get up. Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's by design so that people get so you sort of be able to build sympathy for someone. Um, and also, and let the wrestlers rest for a second, because they're performing for 20, 30 minutes. And it looks good, as opposed to where you could spend, let's say you have a valet Tudo fight in 1970s Curitiba. Yeah. You could spend three hours um, in somebody's guard. Uh, yeah. And, and it wouldn't look, it's not that impressive. And I think that's the thing, like, real fighting is not that impressive to watch. It's... Like the the more effective something is, it the the less the cool more, it looks. The more efficient it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a, what's the most efficient strike? It's like punches across, a, a <laughs> right? A sh- right straight cross yeah. is the most efficient punch. And in grappling, it's not as theatric, theatrical. Yeah. And I just, I mean, maybe I'm crazy here, but if I got hit, if I was on, you know, my hands and elbows, or my knees and elbows, and I got hit in the back of the the neck or the back yeah. with a chair, I feel like I would fall to the ground and i don't know like people just shut shut off for a little bit like they they stop moving you know they go through yes position. but yeah these are superheroes you're watching yeah basically yeah we're gonna have to do an experiment yeah okay gonna, well, like hit each i don't want to hit yeah anymore. but someone's getting hit with it we'll draw straws <laughs> oh, whoever gets the short straw will take the chair shot whoever <laughs> cool, draws the cool, long cool. one will administer all right we'll do that later the chair shot <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the rating yeah so okay. um dave Meltzer, he is a uh a wrestling uh critic for the most famous he's been around forever you know robert crisco Chris Gow, who does uh, okay album reviews. All right, that's anyway, my, that was my Dave analogy. Meltzer. He's been writing about wrestling for the Wrestling Observer. Um, it's his his uh, trade, uh, and he reviews all the matches. He gave this match. He does a five star five star scale. He gave it five out yeah. of five stars. So he loved it. So now our review ranking uh, that we talked about last week was shit houses, flippy flops, TI eighty six calculators, Melrose places, and chaplains. We won't go into detail what they mean but we can touch on them. But um, we'll start with, uh, Mike, your uh, shithouses. What do, you, what do you give out of five shithouses? Five. Five. Okay. Perfect shithouse rating for me. Why? Because it was just a shithouse. <laughs> uh, everything to me uh, was really – it was really hard hitting. <laughs> it was really 
It was really hard hitting. Um, I felt like it told this wonderful story, uh, with, and it was so uh, violent and it escalated so well. And yet, uh, both guys say that it was one of the easier matches they ever had on their body. So for me, it's a perfect shit house rating. It's a slobber knocker, a five out of five. Perfect. Brian, I'll let you think some more. Uh, my shithouse ratings, I would say, uh, uh, for the same reasons, but I give it a, a, a four out of five, um, just because they're in such good shape, and I'm not associating the shit house with the shithouse body. <laughs> the shit, oh, the shit. Do you know what the shithouse body is? No. It's like a dad bod, but it's still muscular and can fuck you up. Basically, <laughs> that's the gist. The old man strong. Yeah. 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 Which you don't see that a lot of that type of wrestler anymore because, um, for some reason, but uh, they're still around and they're fun to watch. Uh, so, if you were to rank shit houses for this match, Brian, well, I don't have any reference. Okay. Uh, so I'm just gonna throw out a number here. Yeah, perfect. Um, that's perfect. I feel like a three and a half, four. Okay. Um, because there were two points here where it felt like the hits were pretty real. Um, one was where I think he, someone got slammed in the face on the post mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the match. Yes. Yeah, and then the um, you know, the blood moment mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so that that felt pretty nuts um and it was pretty wild and I, I i have to say they didn't follow any sort of rules that i could discern well i mean um, no rules in the match so yeah that makes sense that feels like that helps towards a shit house yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's a good point just none at all yeah felt like I, a street fight yeah, yeah like they even went over the metal barricades there was yeah i don't know like f- five minutes of or, audience yeah of audience fights um yeah, yeah, that was pretty. I think the point of that too was also to, because they're in the audience, the audience are like even more jazzed about it. So having that right at the top just ups that energy level of the audience because yeah. oh they're in here, they're with us, and they get in the ring the rest of the match. But the audience energy is now up. Yeah, they get their sweat. Yeah, yeah, on their face. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> How many flip flops? Flip flops zero, zero. <laughs> Hold on, were there any? No. Yeah, I get. I give it zero out of five flip flops. There are no flips. Zero. Zero. That's our scores. Yeah, Brian. Brian, what do you, what do you think? I don't know. Again, I have no reference yeah. for this. Um, there were a couple of like suplexes. Is that that what it's called? And then there was like a dive out of the ropes. So I'd give it a one. Did I miss that? Maybe. Maybe that was in the. Oh, it was in the. It was the in the promo. When, uh, Brett drove, dove on the Undertaker. Him. Yeah, di- Brett okay. dived on the Undertaker. So the the like, the teaser. Maybe gets a one, and that gets a zero. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to – okay, it's just to make the reviews fun, since we gave it zeros, we're going to give – you're going to have a one on yours. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do with this data, but – Brett does jump off the guardrail mm-hmm. and delivers, like, a forearm smash on the outside and hits his middle rope elbow. Those aren't flips. But there were, there was, like, a point where Brett gets, like, thrown through the ropes and then lands on the oh, ground. Yeah. yeah, he gets tossed you in know, the middle. Yeah, and he does, like, a good kind of break fall kind That's of true. parkour move. That was kind of a flip. Maybe Again, I have no reference. Yeah, I'm mean, still yeah. fairly, I'm okay with the one. roughly impressive in that, that respect. So, moving on to the TI-86 calculators, technical-wise, I'm still thinking, but Mike, do you have a... Yeah, technical-wise, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 4 out of 5. Uh, 4 out of 5 TI-86 calculators, just because um, the emphasis of the match is really on brawling. Uh, when holds are applied, I felt like they were applied well, um, Steve is not a submission wrestler, so, uh, it, you know, his Boston Crab looked pretty good. Uh, I sort of agree with Brian in the sense that that, that, um, 
kind of a, it's sort of an abdominal stretch on the floor called a cobra twist in Japan. Uh, it you know it didn't look fantastic. Um, from a storytelling perspective, it was great. Um, it all looked really good, but just because it was a, a mostly a blood and guts kind of affair, uh, I think that it's a four out of five for me. Got it. I'm still thinking, Brian. Do you have anything technical wise? T86s. Uh, I know you're, you were looking through it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I comb this with a pretty tight eye of, mm-hmm. of like, okay, what's a real hold here? Um, I would say on the whole, uh, there's a caveat here. On the whole, I would give it like a one as a technical thing. Okay. Um, but again, I, I don't know what to say because there, there was a lot of stuff where he was like hitting the, his bad leg. Yeah. And I, like it's, to me, it's more technically impressive that he missed it and he didn't hurt it mm-hmm. then that he would hurt it yeah. and put it in a lock but as far as like the strict submission holds go it was garbage yeah. <laughs> um though i do have to say that the um technical game when it came to damaging the testicles was pretty <laughs> high uh that felt like a four to me perfect so that's Good. the caveat put that in parentheses four and then testes it's gonna give it a two <laughs> just give me an extra point <laughs> Yeah, so they they get like a a testicle damage bonus. Yeah, which, yeah, it's a bonus everywhere in every video game is that one. Great. Um, I would give it, thinking about it now, um, just through psychology-wise, because we don't really have a a rubric, or not a rubric, but a a score thing for psychology. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to lump that into TI-86 for technicality. And I thought the psychology of the match was excellent, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with the way... uh, the face heel flop just the way the match went where brett came in as the face steve is the anti-hero heel but now steve's the face he walked out alone he didn't need anyone's help after the match was over and brett was being doing scumbag stuff now he's the mm-hmm. he's the heel i thought technically those technical aspects were great as well as i think every hold looks looked great uh, and well, but again i'm going in knowing that a lot of those probably weren't very painful but the way they're put on um, are believable enough for me. Yeah, that's the other thing to remember is that the vast majority of people watching this at this time, and frankly, people watching in general, ha- don't watch real fighting. They have they don't know what a real submission hold looks like. Yeah. So it's very. I think feel like it's difficult for you you to unlearn what you have learned as Yoda would it's say. It's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, and I'll give a perfect example. Like, I think during the match there was a, you guys were calling a neck crank, and I'm yeah. like, that is a terrible arm bar. Because <laughs> it wasn't even in the realm of neck cranks for me. So that's where... It, I think it, he's, he's pushing his neck. It's right here. Yeah. It's, pushing, it's separating the shoulder from the neck is very painful on the AC joint. Yes. Yeah. We can do those. I just don't want to take a chair shot. All right. No, no, no. We're going to do that, too. We'll draw straws for that one as well. You said four, yeah? Four. Okay. That's what I wrote down. All right. We're going to Melrose Places. Ooh, the drama. I'm going to do this first. Do uh, it. Five, uh, six. A six. Six of five stars. Melrose. Wow. Bo's really throwing out some serious ratings here. First right. match. First match we did, first rating he gave was a six <laughs> out of five. I'm I'm gonna be more conservative. And it wasn't even a shit house match. It wasn't. I'm 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 being more conservative with my. I would say from a story. I would actually put the storytelling aspect, the psychology aspect, into the Melrose Place rating. That's for where me. I should have put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay, Bo. We're still working it out. Uh, for me, it's a five. Uh, this was really well done. Just so much fun to watch. Uh, Brett vent all his frustrations. Uh, win the match, but lose the crowd. 
Uh, it's like the opposite of Maximus, <laughs> you know? And losing uh, the crowd is hard on Brett. And then the uh, kicking Stone Cold while he's down, Shamrock stepping in, promoting him as this sort of hero, and Brett slinks out of the ring. Not characteristic of him prior to that. Yeah. Um, it was this perfect switcheroo, and suddenly Brett is your is your heel, and Stone Cold and Shamrock are big baby faces. So five, perfect. They had to have gone into the match knowing that was kind of the outcome that they was going to happen. I believe that's what they're the, shooting for. The switch, yeah. yeah. Uh, so just like the match, apparently <laughs> there's no rules with the rating <laughs> system here. Um, there isn't. Really. Okay, again, I I don't know what to expect, but I would give that um, four out of five Heather Locklears okay. in the this <laughs> place. Okay. It okay. was entertaining. I liked the drama. I liked the cinematography, if you will. I enjoyed the kind of pacing of going into the crowd, yeah. coming back. They're being like in the mat, the ring, out of the ring. Yeah. The you know the kind of the kill shot, if you will. Yeah. And then like the drama, Shamrock going in, suplexing people, just the bad sportsmanship all around. Um, that was very dramatic and entertaining. And you I wanted the to story see arc. Shamrock and Brett fight right then, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You don't yeah. get that. That's later. <laughs> <I liked it. laughs> so cool. Uh, so you know what? I'm gonna change it. Five, five Heather yeah. Lockers. Yeah. So. You know what? That score is the only one I need. Boy, you. that's special because to my heart. The, the story, the fact that you did get pulled into some kind of story yeah is the whole point of wrestling, I feel. Yeah, and I think you guys did a good job of setting the stage. Thank you. Um, yeah. And explaining the, you know, how this is, like, this match was deeper to the the legacy of Brett's character. Yeah, And right. it had more relevance than just, you know, some, you know, 15-minute thing. Yeah. And it was like a changing of the guard, which yeah. is kind of yeah. interesting from a historical perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's always this like new versus you know old kind of push and pull. And where Monday Night Raw and WWF as a whole goes after this match, yeah, it's a complete paradigm shift actually of wrestling in general. It's crazy that almost this match is almost like, well, Austin three sixteen says I just whooped your ass is kind of the catalyst, but this match definitely positioned an entire mindset change yeah. of professional wrestling in mass media, which is crazy to think about. And I just really like how they brought um, awareness of stale sandwiches into <laughs> the whole <laughs> mythology. Uh, I, would, I would be very willing to bet that that whole promo that Steve cut, the, all, that whole like three, four minutes was totally improv. Totally yeah. off yeah, the cuff. It, yeah. it looked like it. Yeah. Probably his point was, he had a point to say that I'm not respected. That was his point. And then yeah, just getting there is... God, he's a good, good talker. And it feels like they have, you know, like politicians, they have like those key words that they're just supposed to repeat over and over again. Uh-huh. And yeah. like, yeah, the, the key phrases that they mm-hmm. go to. to just Stay on message. Yeah. yeah. So the last rating is the Chaplains, the Charlie Chaplains yep. uh, for comedy. Uh, uh, zero for me. I, nothing's really funny about this match. Uh-huh. I'm going to give it a half star okay. in the Charlie Chaplains because it is very funny when... <laughs> Uh, Brett is dominating the the early parts of the match, and Stone Cold is in a selling pain, like he's in agony. And Ken Shamrock asks him whether he wants to give up, and Steve gives him the double bird. <laughs> that gets a pop from the audience, yeah. and me too. Um, also, when Stone Cold gets back into it, when he's bleeding and picks Brett up and starts like blah 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 blah, yeah, the the patented Stone Cold head wiggle. 
when he's talking trash. Because he might not even be saying anything in the ring. His mouth is moving. But because his head's bobbing, you're like, oh, he's talking some real trash right yeah. now. I'm uh, still not changing my score, but that was pretty funny. Both those moments were fun. Fun for me. Not Definitely not uh, slapstick comedy or anything. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the, the double bird kind of is. Um, but anyway, I, th- I found it funny. I found it amusing. So 0.5 stars for me. Brian, you loved the nut shot. I know that much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, well, there's two types of comedy here, and so I'm going to give it two ratings, and you can maybe okay. take the average of mm-hmm. it. Uh, I would give it a zero for intentional comedy. Right. Um, but I'd give it a solid three to four for unintentional comedy. Okay. Because that singlet that Brett <laughs> <laughs> was wearing was hilarious. It's awesome. What he's are you got talking these, about? The glaucoma glasses. He comes out and he's like got his like stringy. He gives it to kids, Brian. I know. Kids. I know. Oh, um, his six-year-old daughter like crying in the corner. Oh, was so yeah. good. Yeah. So, Melrose Place. Right. So like dark. It went to dark comedy for me. And then just to top it off at the moment where you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin gets thrown into the, you know, mm-hmm. the commentator's thing. There is a guy sitting there wearing, like, a Sergeant Pepper-style <laughs> band costume with pink You hate tights. Jerry the King Lawler. No, he's hilarious. Nashville's own. <laughs> he's hilarious. And, like, the, the other guy falling and rolling on the ground, there was just so much, like, pageantry that went wrong, too. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd give that a, a three to four. Of unintentional comedy. I uh, call it a three and a half. Yeah, three, three and, and a half. half. And it's Memphis, too. It's not Nashville. Memphis. I got it right. Right. Uh, before we move into the wrestling invocation, which is a, a very fun part of the show, uh, I just want to say you can follow Tope Suicida at uh, Tope Suicida Pod um, on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook now. Um, but to get the most up to date stuff, just check Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can follow me on uh, those same channels at Bo Rosser. Um, so the wrestling invocation is very fun. It's wrestling is, and then you just tell us what wrestling is. Mike, uh, yeah. I'll start, and Please. then Mike, Brian, you can so you can see what we're doing here. Uh, let's see here. Um, let me stand up again. Uh, wrestling is uh, wrestling is bike riding to work in the morning. And the tire pops, and you reach into your bag, and you think you have this air pump. He always does this. But you can't air it up. You try to air it up. But the air, it's one of those small ones, you know? It's not, it's not very – it's portable. But you keep pumping it, and you can't get it air. But then someone rides along next to you and goes, hey, are you okay? And you're like, my bike's flat. And they're like, I got this big pump. And then they pump up your, your tire, and now you're on to work safe, and that's wrestling, baby. It's safe. It's happy. It's You're getting to work on time. It makes no sense. <laughs> that's what wrestling makes is. Makes absolutely no sense. Wrestling makes no sense. Brian just put a pin in that one. Mike, what's wrestling to you? Wrestling is seeing the avatar of your father crumble before what? your eyes <laughs> and coming face-to-face with not only his humanity, but also his faults. Okay. And fearing that those same faults lie within you. Oh, shit. That's deep. That's wrestling. Brian, Brian what's, what's wrestling to you? <laughs> off the dome. Don't, off the dome. Improv, baby. It's off the dome. Wrestling is an empty mind 
thinking nothing. Whoa. Shit. <laughs> that's going to sit with me I'm all gonna week. I'm going to think about that for several weeks. Because that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> wow. I don't know what to think at all. <laughs> it's perplexed them. Hey, everyone. That was the show. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how to intro these little closing segments, Steve. That was our talk about professional wrestling with our good friend Brian Ronan. And I hope you enjoyed the rating system and, again, how flawless yeah, the system is. Perfect. And, uh, and also, I hope you're appreciating now how much you need it in your life because that yeah. was another thing was like not only was this this isn't just we're not doing this just for us this isn't like we're here recording a podcast with tony Shavani, you know no. this week that this was is, for us this that was not. for us this one is for is for you guys the rating system is for you so i hope that you all appreciate how much you now need that rating system mm-hmm. in your life because the rating system's there and so that when you watch wrestling you can be like cool yeah I can count the flippy flops for this one. Yeah, this is this is enhancing your wrestling viewing experience. And here's what I want as well. You're welcome. <laughs> Hit up the Twitter. Yeah. At Tope Suicida Pod, and tell us your ratings of the match you just listened to. Before we go though, what did you think of Brian? What did you think of Brian Ronan's reaction to wrestling? I don't think Brian's gonna watch wrestling. <laughs> no, definitely he's not. He's not. He didn't like it. He thought it was silly. He thought it was cheese ball. Corny was his first word out of the gate. You'll he, hear that. Yeah, oh, I've heard that. He didn't like it, and I don't. Uh, I don't think that there's probably hope for him to feel anything when he watches wrestling. Correct. I think there was moments though. Mm-hmm. Could have got him. Could have got him. There was, like, I mean, definitely, definitely hooked him when Stone Cold started bleeding. With the Melrose play, his Melrose place rating, I think, was four or five stars. Four or five. And. Uh, as you heard, I was extremely excited about that because of anything, story is kind of the thing that I would hope he would yeah. grab onto yeah. since he does know all the technical stuff and yeah. he can tell it's not hurting as much as they make it look like it's hurting. Yeah. So I'm glad he glommed onto that. Or we show him something that is totally not – I feel like this is a challenge for us. Yeah, now we have to – oh, he didn't like this? What's he going to like next? Something that is so uh, story-heavy – but and that really never purports to have any type of in-ring realism to it, you know. In terms, of, so yeah. it could be like a comedy match, it could be a hardcore match, just something that that is so completely different from what an actual fight might look like, mm-hmm. or something that is really uh, high flying, something really exciting, uh, some Rey Mysterio stuff from WCW. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, something that's way out of the the that that kind of uh, zone, and I think that might be the way that we get him to maybe appreciate wrestling. He, I think he already said he'd come back for another one, so that's good. Do we have that in writing? No, but I just said it on the podcast, and maybe he'll okay, we'll get that'll hold up in court for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So next one. week we've got our good friend uh, and another. Person on our improv team. We got a big old team, eight people. Yeah, eventually we'll run out of people uh, that are on our improv team that want to do the podcast, and at that point we'll have Tony Schiavone back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until that happens, it's probably going to be everybody on our improv team. Yeah. Next week we've got Joel Arkin, very talented, very funny, uh, whip smart guy. Yeah. And uh, real quick too. Re- yeah, we're going to be watching DIY versus the Revival. From NXT TakeOver Toronto. <laughs> that 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you liked what Brian had to say and want to follow him on Instagram, I think his Instagram is public. Who uh, cares? If it's not, this you, episode's in the toilet. Yeah. So it's it's uh, B P Ronan R O N A N. Uh, that's Brian's um, Instagram. You can give him a follow. If it is private, he doesn't follow you back. Then sorry, you can't follow him. But we tried. Whatever. Um, I'm at follow Ross. him if you want. He didn't like <laughs> wrestling, so I'm not <laughs> he, gonna put him you know over. What? Fuck Brian. Fuck him. This is why we do yeah. the closings without the guests. That's so we right. Just, and we can say whatever we want. You can follow me on Twitter and We're Instagram. Broadcast at, journalists. Sorry. At, at Bo Rosser. It's just my name. You can look it up. Uh, and then the podcast at Tope Suicida Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter. Email is the same thing, but at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me nowhere. Yeah. Deal with that. Mike is uh, he's elusive. I don't, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> not in the slightest. Do you have fun with your little internet comments? I'm out of here. Peace. Nerds, fucking dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Um, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.